So this morning, uh, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. You can see these stools behind me. So before I explain what they are for, let me tell you a little story here. So um, my kids are, are grown up now. They're, they're fairly old. Ben is 16, Will's 14, Emma's 9. Um, but I can remember when Case and I started our family. This is 16 years ago, and we were just kind of just beginning that journey into parenting. Maybe some of you are right there. You're just starting to think about beginning a family. Maybe you've got a little one who's just joined your family. Maybe you're like, Dave, you're an amateur. My kids, they're all grown up. They moved out. You are. Uh, you, you just wait. You haven't seen anything yet. Um, but I can remember when Casey found out she was pregnant with Ben, and we had this discussion because she's like, well, we need to find out what we're having. And I was like, no, we don't. I said, in England, you don't find out. We don't do these gender reveals or anything like that. You know, we're, that's the exciting part. You know, you have a baby and you find out it's a Whatever it is, boy or a girl, normally, one or the other. And um, so, uh, so we kind of went back and forth, and finally I managed to convince her that, no, we're not going to find out. So uh, I can remember, she, you know, she went all the way through, had, had, uh, had Ben, he was born, and, and in that moment, I mean, literally, he's just been delivered, and, and I get to hold him, the nurse gives him to me, and I'm looking, and I get to say to my wife, it's a boy. It is, right? It's a boy. I mean, I, I was 99% sure. I think I anatomically, I figured out what was going on, but I was just checking. So I was like, it is a boy, right? Yes, that's, that's a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> Super exciting. So then when she found out she was pregnant with Will, same deal. We're not finding out. So uh, I get to announce to my wife again, it's another boy. So then uh, five years went by. We'd actually decided that we probably weren't going to have any more children. And um, suddenly she comes home one day. She's, Dave, I'm pregnant. So now, five years later, she's, she's pregnant again, and uh, I'm like, well, we're not finding out. She goes, oh, yes, we are. I said, no, we're not. In England, you don't find, you know, you do She's like, I, so it's kind of back and forth. So one day, one day, she comes back from the doctors, and I said, how was the, the checkup? She goes, good. She's got an envelope in her hand. I was like, what's that? She goes, I know what we're having. I'm like, I thought we weren't going to find out. She goes, well, the doctor said, I know what it is. Do you want to know? She's like, Yep. She said, but I knew you didn't want to know, so I had the doctor write it down on a piece of paper, put it in the envelope, so you don't need to know. But if you ever do want to know, it's in this envelope. And she sets on the counter, I'm like, and we got months to go before this baby's coming, so, so an hour later, we open the envelope, and, <laughs> and I was very excited to find out we were having a girl. I would have been excited either way. But, um, but whatever your story is, however you uh, entered the, the parenting journey, the truth is that um, it changes your life, doesn't it? And however much someone prepares you to be a parent, nothing really prepares you like when you become a parent and you experience the, the joys and the highs and the lows sometimes, but just the life change that that new life can bring. So I tell you all this because four years ago, Casey and I went on a journey that we hadn't really planned to go on, but we'd been on staff at a church in Peoria, and uh, we felt like it was time to maybe um, step out in a new direction. We knew that we had a lot of friends and neighbors in Washington, many of whom weren't followers of Jesus, didn't have a church, a home of their own, and we just wanted to somehow connect them to church, to Jesus. So we had this idea, talking to some friends and some leaders in their lives, to plant a new church. We had no idea what it meant to plant a church. But I can honestly say in the journey leading up to that launch and ever since, it, it's almost like it was a birth experience, you know, this brand new church. And we've experienced the highs and the joys and the celebrations. And, and there's been many times since September of 2013 when Connect Church started that we've thought, why didn't we do this before? 
Why aren't other people doing this? This is amazing. Hearing stories of people that have found a relationship with Jesus through Connect Church. Stories meeting wonderful people, many of whom are here this morning, who didn't have a church home of their own. But when we started this church, found their way into Connect Church. And hearing what God's doing in the lives of people, it's just, it's just a never-ending, wonderful, wonderful story. And Case and I are just so thrilled that God allows us to be a part of this. But very early on in that journey after Connect Church launched, we decided, you know what? We've seen the value of planting churches. Now, don't get me wrong. Established churches are wonderful, and we need them. They're fantastic. But I just believe that there is something in planting new churches. As you plant churches, they reach new people in new communities. And this morning and next week as well, we're going to kind of look at this because it's so important here at Connect. And some of you come every week and you just figure that this is your local church, this is your church home, and you don't realize that you're a part of a huge movement that actually has an impact outside of this community. So we're going to ask the question, why church planting? Why as a church did Connect decide after it launched four years ago that instead of putting all of our resources and energy into building a big kingdom right here in Washington, we're actually going to set aside some resources. We're going to have a plan to actually send some resources and and strategically help other churches plant both here in the United States. We're going to talk about that this week. And next week, we're going to talk about globally some things we're doing as a church to plant churches around the world. So I want to kind of um, share the story this morning of how we got started and then what we're doing to impact uh, brand new churches around the country. So before I do that, we're going to watch a little video here from a friend of mine. His name's Nate Williams. He's a pastor down in uh, Kansas City, a church called Restore, and he's got a little video clip for us here now. Hey, Connect Church. Nate Williams here from Restore Community Church. And I just wanted to share just a little bit of history with you about why Restore Community Church invested in Connect Church. My good friends Dave and Casey, I've known them for a long time, and for years leading up to the launch of Connect Church, I heard about just the incredible opportunity to see impact happen in Washington, to see more people find their way back to God because a new church is reaching new people. And we heard about that opportunity firsthand from Dave and Casey, and we really believed in Dave and Casey. And what has been so cool is to have made that investment, and we continue Sometimes near when I get to be there and then from far away we get to hear some of the incredible things that God is doing through Connect Church. So I just wanted to share that with you and say, hey, you're just getting started and I can't wait to see the legacy that Connect Church continues to leave to impact the kingdom. Started before many of you found your way to Connect Church, this guy and his church down in Kansas City, they'd been setting funds aside for projects like this, and they, I met with their leadership, and they invested a very large sum of money into our church planting funds to help us launch well, to help us buy the equipment we needed, to help make sure that when we started, we had what we needed in place. They donated things. They actually donated a trailer. One of our very first trailers was a gift from there. I remember driving down there and driving back with this this big trailer. They said, hey, we want you guys to have this to use. So they invested in us, which just amazes me that there are people who still attend this church in Kansas City that don't realize that they've played a part in, in who we are. So I'm thrilled that we now get to do that too. 
that as a church, that when you gave in the offering uh, just a, a few minutes ago, that some of those funds are going to go to, to invest in future churches. And I'm going to introduce you this morning to two, uh, to three wonderful people, uh, two families uh, that are planting churches that connect um, has a big investment in. We are, we are pouring some finances and some uh, uh, resources and relationship into the, uh, these two churches. You're going to get to hear some of their stories. So would you uh, join me in welcoming uh, Colin and Liz and Morgan as they come up onto the stage. So we're going to do like a little panel discussion here, a little talk show thing, so uh, you guys can come and grab a stool and a microphone, you guys can kind of make a little semicircle there if you want, so, so I'm going to start here with Morgan, what, Morgan, why don't you tell us uh, who you are, a little bit about yourself, and what's, where you're planting, what's that about? Yeah, so my name is Morgan Greer, and uh, I'm originally from Southern California, and my wife and I, almost three years ago, moved to the Kansas City area, so we were actually on staff with Restore Community Church as their uh, church planting residence, they call it a leadership resident, uh, for almost two years, and uh, we are in the process of planting Serve Community Church in the Kansas City area. Fantastic. All right. So that's Morgan. Now, um, you're going to get to discover in a minute, a bit, little bit, how uh, Colin and I's paths crossed, but uh, why don't you guys uh, tell us your names, who you are, little bit. Yeah, Colin and Liz Harfield. Um, uh, we have been living for the last 20 years in the Detroit area. Now, Colin, can I just stop you? I'm it from Detroit. Like you have an accent. Do you have an accent? I think um, I'm picking up a little bit of an accent there. Do you, you have an accent? Yeah, a little uh, bit, little. Very, very small. <laughs> How do you say garage? Just say the word. Garage. Yeah, see right there. It's <laughs> All right, welcome. You are at home. Well oh, done. Yeah. Thank you. So, Colin, just tell them real quickly how long we've known each other and how we met. Yeah, we, can... we met, I think, in 1990, right, around that sort of time, or yeah. late 80s. Uh, we met in uh, Before Wales. I was born. That's crazy. Yeah, right. Uh, we, we met in Wales when I was falling down a mountain, dislocating my shoulder, and you, you prayed for me, and I yeah. didn't get healed and still no, had to go to the so hospital. No, anyway. instead. It's been downhill ever since. We were at a youth retreat, and I was convinced that God was going to heal him, but then the ambulance came. <laughs> God does heal, though, just not that night. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your wife and your family. And... Uh, here with Liz, my wife, and our three kids, Eden, Elise, and Micah. Uh, and the five of us in the next few weeks are moving to Boston from Detroit. Uh, like I said, we've been in the Detroit area for about nearly two decades now, um, and moving to Boston to plant a church there in the next coming year. So that's just, I mean, already, I just think this is an amazing story. So you were in Southern California, not sure why you'd ever leave there to go yeah, to Kansas yeah, City. That's uh, something we'll have God to talk about. God does great things, right? I know. <laughs> Watch out. And then God brings you from England, you marry. So Liz, tell me a little bit about how you and Colin met. Um, I'm from California, so, um, and I actually met Colin when I was in England doing a missions trip with a band from California and did an internship with his church and never left. So we ended up getting married and moved to England, did ministry there, and then eventually ended up in Michigan. That's awesome, awesome. Now, you can both answer this. Have either one of you ever planted a church before? No. no. <laughs> Morgan? Nope. First time, awesome. Been thinking about it for about 20 years. That's awesome. So. You're in for a fun <laughs> ride. So Morgan, tell us a little bit, because here's the really cool thing this morning, and this is why I'm excited. So we are, as I said, Connect is a part of both of their uh, launch journeys. Um, we're involved relationally, financially, and 
I, I just want to make sure that you are all, because this is something you're a part of. You know, is being a part of Connect Church, you're going to be impacting the city of Boston, the city of Kansas City. Um, and I just think it's great that there will be churches like Connect reaching these communities, and, and you will be a part of making that happen. So, but you're both at different stages in the journey. So Connect, we're, we're almost four years old now. I still call ourselves a church plant, but, you know, when we start to hear your stories in a minute, I'll realize, man, we are way ahead of that. So, uh, Colin and Liz, start out, just tell us where you are in your journey. So, we, we kind of got thinking about what we're about to do in, in, in the summer of 2014, so about three years ago now, um, started praying about it then, and just starting to realize just how, um, how few amount of Christians there are in the Northeast, especially in the New England area. Um, it's described as the least Bible-minded region of the United States wow. um, in comparison to some sort of cities in the South, which would probably be the most, and then the Midwest somewhere in the middle, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, and so we are hoping to, well, right now we're raising money. Uh, we've just finished our, our roles. We worked at a church called Kensington Church in, in uh, Troy, Michigan, and we've just finished our jobs there. Uh, the church is continuing to support us till Christmas. Uh, so we can fundraise and build a team, and then hopefully we're moving out in the next few weeks, literally to Boston, and then building a team and continuing to see how God develops that over the next year. Hopefully with a chance to launch this kind of thing, although you guys have set the bar really high, by the way, um, you know, launch this kind of thing in about a year from now. Gotcha, gotcha. So you literally have just begun the journey. I mean, you are... Yeah, I'm, I mean... Yes and, and no. I mean, can I just read you something that yeah. I wrote? I'll read something I wrote in my journal. Um, I wrote in my journal three years ago. Oh wow! And so this is kind of how it got. This is how in my my heart it got going. Uh-huh. Um, it was after I'd seen a report on just how how few Christians there were in certain parts of the country, mainly on the coasts, uh, on the east and west coast. And I put this in my diary. And I think you'll like this because you're British, and so you'll understand <laughs> this. But I've been in a lot of thought over these past few days about the drastic situation of the church in the northeast of this country. For some reason, it's been on my mind to explore this area. Not sure if a visit is in my future concerning this, but it certainly feels like something is brewing, and it's not just tea. You see that little, little <laughs> like thing it. there? So, uh, That's good. You guys don't even realize how excited he is to share that <laughs> joke that he wrote in his journal. Like It's like he was dreaming he could share it publicly. So thank you. <laughs> I'm just loving the tea-related way that God spoke to you. Yeah, I think that makes it yeah, him. Yeah. Drinking tea at the time, then I put down, um, there needs to be a re-evangelization of this region. I wonder if God has it in his plan for us to be a part of that. So it, it, I don't know if you're like me, when, God, when you feel like God's starting to speak to you, it isn't a lightning bolt. It's right. very much a, a sort of a drip, and you, sure. you certainly feel like God is just gently starting to give you those I wonder moments, yeah. you know, when yeah. you start to feel like God might be leading you in a certain direction. So that's kind of how, that's what it started wow. really for us. That's fantastic. So Morgan, I'm going to ask you the same question of where you're at in your journey, but just real quick before you answer that. So we met um, Colin's kids there and uh, found out these three, two girls and a boy sat there. Uh, Morgan, you had to come by yourself, but tell us a bit about your family so we can picture the Greer yeah, family. Yeah, so my wife Carissa and I have been married almost six years, and uh, she is on staff with me, so we are doing marriage, life, ministry, work, we're doing all together, so it sounds like you guys are doing the same, <laughs> yeah. which is fun, and that's not always the case, and, but that's our story, um, and we have uh, a son who is about to turn two next month, and we are due in November, so we are planting churches and having babies, and it's, it's going to be good. Do you know what you're having? Wow. We do. Ah, so <laughs> He's crazy. Come on. Find 
right now. Like, he's crazy. We, we have a second boy coming. Fantastic. So, Congratulations. I'm uh, pretty excited about that. So. so tell us about where you're at in the journey because uh, you're, you're getting close, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. So today is 49 days away. Uh, seven weeks uh, from today is our launch Sunday, so September 17th. And so baby in November. And so it's, it's, it's going to be a crazy six months of our lives. But uh, we are so excited for that and uh, just working hard on building our launch team and getting out there and, you know, just kind of pushing hard to the launch. Awesome. So, Morgan, I want to ask you, Colin touched on his area a little bit, and we're going to talk a bit more about that still, but um, tell us, you know, maybe some people here have been to Kansas City, tell us exactly where and maybe what it is about that particular area that you think is, uh, you know, the demographic, you know, what, what makes up the town you're going to be planting in? Yeah, so we're in Prairie Village, which is kind of like a first-tier suburb of the Kansas City area, just on the Kansas side. If you know Kansas City, it sits on both Missouri and Kansas. So we are just on the Kansas side and uh, live in a great area. Um, it's, it's kind of known as being like a good, safe, suburban area. And so people, a lot of young families are flocking there. Um, there is a good amount of kind of an older aging population. Prairie Village is found in like 1949, and so you have some people who are there in the 50s or 60s and, you know, have been here 30, 40, 50 years. Um, so it's kind of a good mix in that way. Um, it's an enclave, so it's not like right next to a freeway, so it's just kind of seen as a... Again, kind of that first-tier suburb, safe, cool, great area, um, slightly away from freeways, and uh, just a place that people really want to be at. So um, we love planting there. We love living our lives there. There's a lot of parks and, and just things for people to do that, that are, are real um, kind of drawing to the area. And living in that area, what do you feel like is the attitude of people with regards to church and spiritual yeah, it's a great question because, I mean, people do picture the Midwest and go, okay, great, it's, it's pretty Bible-saturated, and, and there are plenty of churches in the area, um, but Prairie Village in specific are, are, are kind of neck the woods, um, I, I would say has a good amount of both theological and secular liberalism, um, so kind of like some of the things, the centrality of Jesus in our need for a relationship with God or some, some real things that, that I think are important and, and uh, central to what it means to be Christian are challenging there um, because there is a lot of what I would say moralism saying, hey, my life is good, like God or Jesus maybe is an addition at best, uh, but, but still maybe even off the radar. So I, I think our area is actually in great need um, of, of new life-giving churches that help uh, bring people into a community, allow them to explore their spiritual journey, and uh, hopefully connect them to Jesus and for who he is. Yeah. It's funny, you know, so for Case and I, Casey obviously was born in Washington. Uh, we worked in Chicago for six or seven years, but all the rest of the time we've lived here in this area. And uh, when I first moved to America in the mid-90s to Washington, I felt like it was a very, very churched community. Everyone seemed to be a part of a church. And I feel like that's changed over the years. You know, when we went to Plant Connect, uh, I had some people say to me, do they really need another church in Washington? But I knew just from my own experience where I live, friends we'd made through sports programs in the community and through our kids being at school, I knew a lot of people, friends and neighbors, who just weren't going to church anywhere. Some of them used to go to church when they were younger and just kind of that form away, and others had no relationship with God, no thoughts of spiritual things at all. Um, so we saw that need here in Washington, even though, and I think sometimes we see maybe these communities as being kind of, like you said, church-saturated, Bible-saturated, but actually there's a much bigger need there than we realize. However, where you guys are heading, probably a more 
apparent need. Liz, tell us, you've, you've been out there a couple of times. What, what's it like when you go there? You know, what's the kind of feel out there in this area that you're going towards things of God, towards church? Yeah, well, one thing we noticed is that there just aren't churches on every corner. Right. You just don't see it. And um, I know that historically, when people think about America, they think that's where it all started. Uh-huh. However, um, we'd never really been there until we started to kind of explore this stuff. And we really did notice... Um, First of all, there weren't many churches, and if there were, they, you know, they had that sort of picturesque white steeple, you know, church building in the middle of town, but when you actually looked at it, it wasn't actually a church. It was turned into a historical building, or it had some kind of alternate spirituality group that met in those buildings, but not a Christian church that talked about Jesus. Wow. Wow. So in the few times you've visited, I know, Colin, you've got to meet with a few pastors in that area, talk to some people who are... What's the, the feedback you're getting of, you know, how does it look going out there to plant a church? Yeah, you know, what kind yeah. of input have you been getting? Um, the, the response from every leader that we've met is, please come and join us. Wow. You know what I mean? I mean, no one has a, you know, golden ticket to win everyone in a, a city or a town to Christ. But right. Everybody is welcome when somebody says, hey, we'll roll up our sleeves and we'll join you. Uh, one friend of ours said, he's a, a leader of a church called Grace Chapel in in Lexington, Massachusetts, and uh, he told us, he said, they believe that it's going to take a thousand lights on a thousand hills to reach New England. And something about that, just that, uh, that visual in this, uh, illustration just gave me the shivers at the time, and I yeah. just felt like we wanted to add our light to, to one of those hills, you know, right. to bring in the light of right. Jesus to, to whatever area he calls us to, you know. Yeah. So, you, um, uh, interestingly enough, uh, I think I mentioned this to you yesterday, when when you go to look at an open house here in the Midwest, and it's the same in Detroit as I think it is here, they'll often have those, those open houses on a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. sort of between 1 and 4 o'clock or something like that. We, we came out of a church service in uh, New England and thought, let's go and look for some open houses. Um, because we're nosy. Because we, <laughs> <laughs> we like to snoop around people's houses. We like to around people's homes. Um, and we discovered that we'd missed the window because everybody does open houses between 10 and noon on a Sunday morning. The huh. expectation that everyone is at church just isn't there. Right. Either, so. Wow. That's Completely different approach. Yeah. And tell me, I think you told me this last night. I know you, you haven't, you know, specifically decided that's where we're going to have our first service. There's kind of an area that you're thinking. One of the areas, because there's a lot of history there. Tell me about the... Yeah, we were looking uh, at a town called Burlington, which is about uh, 15 minutes northwest of the city of Boston. Uh, it, they call it a town of 25,000 by night and 100,000 by day. Because so many people go there to work and shop and play and stuff like that. But it's actually, technically, it's a small town within the suburbs of Boston. Uh, And it's right sort of between Lexington and Concord, which, if you know American history, which you and I know so well. um, Well, our version of it. They they have a different version (laughs) where they won the war, apparently. But, yeah, so we... Which, by the way, they don't teach you about the wars that you lose, do they, yeah. when you're at school? No, Just we the never, ones that you win. We skipped so. over that one real quick. <laughs> so it's right between Lexington and Concord, which was sort of the first battle of the American Revolution. Yeah. Uh, Burlington's there. And it's a huge tech corridor as well. So apparently more, more technical companies than anywhere else other than in Silicon Valley in, in Northern California. So wow. just a, a huge area of need, impact, uh, commerce, and some of the, the greatest brains of, you know, of our country right yeah. now thinking there we'll bring that I was gonna say you're gonna fit right in <laughs> we'll, we'll lower that overall IQ <laughs> in droves nice 
So I want to talk to you both a little bit about where you're at in that stage of the journey. So, um, you know, although I think that's fantastic that God's been talking to you about this for so many years, as far as like physically, you've just kind of left the finish, the start line, really. I mean, you've just begun. You're getting close to your launch. We're, uh, we're almost four years in. So there's another church that we helped plant um, up in Minneapolis. Uh, that was called Unlock Church. Some of you may remember us talking about that a while back. So they're coming up on their second anniversary. Um, Scott Mendenhall is the name of the pastor of that church. He's actually married to Casey's sister. Yep, that's right. His wife, Holly, is my wife's sister. Um, so uh, I asked Scott, because that's another church that we've helped plant. We were one of their uh, partner churches to help finance them when they kind of got up and running. I asked Scott, I said, hey, we're talking a lot about church planting at Connect this morning, sharing the story of what God's doing around the country. Could you kind of give us a little update of what God's up to up there in Maple Grove, Minnesota? So he put together a little video to uh, share what's going on up there. So this is my brother-in-law, Scott Mendenhall. Hey, Connect Church. My name is Scott Mendenhall. I am the lead pastor here at Unlock Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Father of seven, married to Holly Mendenhall. Why am I talking with you today? I want to say thank you for your generosity. Every time you give, if it's through the local offering on a Sunday in the buckets, or you give when there's a number on the screen to text to give, when you give, it allows Connect Church to continue to partner with our church here in Maple Grove. We're a church plant. Three years ago, Holly and I and my family moved from Miami, Florida to Minneapolis to start a church. We knew no one. We're just a year and a half into our grand opening and we have seen some tremendous life-changing events and been a part of life-changing stories here in the Twin Cities. And if you give, your giving is tied directly to these stories that you're about to see and you're about to hear. The stories you're about to hear and see, you do not know the people, but you have directly impacted the people by your generosity. This past summer has been a tremendous summer for Unlocked Church. We've been able to do a totally free summer camp. It's just been incredible to see um, just an opportunity to get into the community of Maple Grove, really just you know dive in, be uh, service to these kids, be able to love on them, um, and just show them God's love ultimately. But we ended up with 102 kids daily at our summer camp. We had countless little ones put their trust in Jesus through that week. We also have partnered with a local organization. All right, so here we are at our first Farm Fresh Fest of 2017. Um, Farm Fresh Fest is an amazing, fun uh, community celebration where families and children can come and receive free fruits and veggies along with other community resources outside of just what SEEP has to offer. There are also grilled hot dogs, there's uh, live music, there's face painting for the kids. Thank you to Unlock Church. Uh, really, we could not have done this first Farm Fresh Fest event without you guys. In the last two months, we had a brand new family come, said they're church shopping. They had never gone to church before, and so they started with Unlock Church. They came one week. Next week, they came back, and we said, we thought you were church shopping, and they go, well, we did. We started last week, and then we found it. So I say thank you to Dave, Jane, and Casey. I thank you to the leadership of Connect Church, and I thank you those sitting in the auditorium. You didn't know it, and now you know it. You're impacting a guy from Metamora. <laughs>
<laughs> Some of you are like, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. I'm not sure I want to be involved in that anymore. So he is, Scott is a graduate of Metamora High School, so I hope that's okay. That just shows that Jesus overcomes all barriers, that we're willing to even support a person from Metamora that wants to... <laughs> Washington and Metamora are big high school rivals, so yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's members of our setup team here this morning, but maybe you're watching that video thinking, wow, look, we don't have to do too bad. They, they have a lot of stuff they set up there, big stage, a lot of things. And um, I know you, we've talked about this a little bit, Colin and I, this morning. This is the world that we're kind of getting used to. So you, the church you're at right now is a portable church, right? So it meets in a... It is. Uh, well, we meet uh, in eight different locations, four of which are in buildings, and four of them are portable churches. Yeah, wow. Like this, or in most cases, larger than this and requiring like three or four trailers on a Sunday morning to set it all up. So That's 4.30 to 5 o'clock in the morning start for the setup teams. So you guys have got it easy. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to join our setup team because we have the easiest setup team. We don't roll until 7. It's like a, a sleep in. I mean, of course, we offer a three-course breakfast. Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> we did McDonald's sandwiches today. So that was a, that was a bonus. So... so um, Morgan, right now, you're kind of getting close to, so I know one of the big things we did before we launched was we tried to really impact the community. Our goal was to tell as many people that Connect was coming. We had events. We uh, took part in Good Neighbor Days. You know, we really tried to get the word out as much as possible so that when we launched, people would show up. So I know you're kind of in that stage right now. Tell us about some of the things you guys have been doing. Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing a bunch of kind of events and parks in our area. So uh, back to Cinco de Mayo, we've got, I think we've got some pictures on that. Yeah. Uh, so we hosted a Cinco de Mayo party. That was a blast. Um, and uh, we've done a couple movie nights. And then we just also did a uh, pool party just this past Friday night. That And all four of those events around a little bit upwards of 100 to 150 people have come. And um, so really exciting and just good uh, touch points, positive touch points with the community that do, like you said, let them know, hey, a new church is coming into town. And, um, you know, again, our area doesn't see a lot of church plants, like specifically in the Prairie Village area. So um, it is a new thing for a lot of people to, to think of or, or to experience. So, But it also gives you a good new angle to say, hey, we're, we're doing things slightly differently. And we've heard some just great touch points, both uh, with city officials and then also with uh, just people in the community who've come to a few of these events like, man, we, we really like that you guys are doing these things. So those are great things to hear uh, as we're moving towards launch. Yeah. And through those connections you're making with families and people in the community, any like real significant connections where you're like, God, I could just see how you put us together. This is yeah, yeah. It's funny. So in our in our large community events, we're still like looking for some break-ins on that where people come to an event and are like, man, we are blown away and we want to help you start this thing. I think yeah. one of the challenges is that move from going to an event and wanting to pioneer something new, right? Yeah. Like that's a big gap. So what we have seen though uh, is through a lot of relationships, we have seen some traction. So one of my favorite things is just uh, we moved to the Prairie Village area a little bit over a year ago and uh, now someone who's a close friend is someone I met uh, at one of our local parks literally down the street from our home and so with a young kid, we, we go there a lot and connect with families. And um, and so at one of those, we just kind of struck up a conversation. And within a week, that, that family was in our home eating dinner and hanging out. Um, and from there, I started to run with him regularly and just build a really great friendship. And um, he helps me with my basement. And just <laughs> like we just have a good, mutually reciprocal friendship. And a uh, few months back, he actually came to one of our preview services uh, back in March. And uh, it was really amazing because after the service, he was totally blown away 
away. Um, he would say, he would identify himself as, you know, I'm not sure about God or faith or church or Jesus or, you know, I'm just not sure about those things. And so uh, after the service, he was blown away by the way that we talk about that. Um, we like to say that uh, we believe everyone is on a spiritual journey, uh, that we're in different places in that journey and we're traveling at different paces. But here you can find belonging. You can find friendship and community and, and you can begin to engage your spiritual journey in a way that's not coerced or pressured. And so some of that language and some of the ways we talked about Jesus and the scriptures and some of the interactions he saw, he was just blown away by it. So it's really exciting. And just two weeks ago, again, on one of our runs uh, right before it, he was saying, Morgan, I don't think I've seen a church uh, be this involved, this engaged with the community. So he loves just some of the things we're doing, some of the serve projects he's actually jumped in with us. And, and so that really excites me. It excites me to see someone who's uh, taking next steps uh, spiritually. And, and, and we know that there are going to be dozens and dozens more people who yeah. join in that journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I was, uh, Colin and Liz came in yesterday, so our family's got to hang out and have dinner and ice cream together last night, so we were telling all sorts of stories, and one of my favorite stories to tell them was of some of the, so we started in September of 2013, uh, and some of you were here when we started and have been here ever since, but we actually began the journey in January, uh, where we, we started gathering, having some launch team meetings, we call them, which is what you guys are doing now, what you'll be doing soon, and um, in those launch team meetings, we were inviting people to join us to help get this church started. And, and I'm, I'm looking around. I know some of you were in those launch team meetings where we used to get together and dream and talk about what Connect would look like. But the really cool thing for me was in those launch team meetings with some friends of ours, people who we knew from churches we'd attended, other churches in the area who were just kind of wants to join us in this, and others who were friends of ours in the community who really, like your friend, were still trying to figure this all out, weren't there as far as professing a faith in Christ, following Jesus wholeheartedly, and they said, but we still want to be on this journey with you. And that just amazed me that we, we launched a church with followers of Jesus and people who still were on that journey but wanted to be a part of this because they knew the impact it was making in the community. So we talked a bit about that last night, and Liz, you told me a story, so tell me that story that you told me last night. Yeah, so I um, happened to be in Boston, not related to the church planting thing at all. I was doing some leadership coaching with a friend of mine who's, who I'm working with, and we were doing a kind of a corporate training with a company out there, and um, I kind of didn't want to reveal my faith story. It was a corporate thing, I wanted to kind of keep it separate, sure. and... Um, uh, and didn't want to kind of appear as that religious freak coming into a community. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, so she introduced me, and she said, oh, yeah, Liz is moving to Boston later in the year. And after one of the sessions, someone came, a few of them came up to me, and they're like, oh, so why are you moving here? And, you know, that's when that question kind of comes, and you're like, oh, shoot, well, how do I respond, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm like, oh, you know, some opportunities. I kind of kept it really, I didn't really want to reveal my faith. Um, and I just, I'm like, there's some opportunities that we have, and we're really excited about being here. And then they're like, oh, and what does your husband do? And I'm thinking, oh, there's no way I can get away with this one. And I just had that little, like, nudge in my heart feeling like God was whispering, hey, just say it, just say it, you know. So I said, actually, my husband and I are moving here because we're going to start a new church for people who don't like church. And I thought, this is, this is exactly where she, like, changes the subject or walks away. And her response was, really, people who don't like church, that's me. I don't like church. I've I'm curious about spiritual things, but I, I've never really had a good experience in church, and she shared with me some of the 
difficult things that she'd experienced. And, and she says, but I'm, I'm really interested to learn about a church that's for people like me who are still trying to figure that out. And, um, and then the next thing she said was, so how can I help? And I was like, what? <laughs> Wasn't expecting that response. She goes, well, you know, do you need help with, with getting this thing going? I like to help with nonprofits and, like, you know, things like that. And I was just blown away by that. And the coolest thing about that story was that um, we, I was about an hour south of Boston. And where we're planting is about 20 minutes north of the city. And she lives in the neighborhood of where uh-huh. we're going to be planting. So it just really felt like God was already picking and choosing and bringing people into our lives who might be a part of this with us yeah. at various stages in their spiritual journey. That's awesome. And we talk about this a lot on Sundays here at Connect. And even though we're almost four years old, we don't want to lose that, that vision, that passion with which we started is that we wanted to connect our community to Christ. We wanted to reach people who, for whatever reason, had either drifted away, had never really experienced life in church, maybe had been hurt by a church experience, and they were like, yep, I'm done with this whole church, you know. And, and what you find, it's amazing, as you talk to people, there's a lot of people who are very open to spiritual thoughts, to the idea of Jesus, you know, but maybe something has happened um, that's kind of turned them off to, to church. So we really, you know, from day one here at Connect, we were very intentional at trying to say, hey, anyone is welcome, wherever you are at. I love that thought you had about the the spiritual journey that you're on, the pace at which you're at. You know, anyone is welcome. We want this to be a place where you can come and feel like you belong and uh, not feel coerced or pressured, but explore this. And I think it's brilliant because what I'm learning as we planted Connect and as we help other churches plant it is it's so simple, guys. New churches reach new people. I just see this happen again and again and again. Your friend who you run with, this girl, you know, new churches reach new people. And denominations have done studies, and they all find this, that planting new churches is a great way of reaching new people in that community. We're thrilled that we've seen it happen here at Connect, and we're thrilled that now, resource-wise, we can be a part of making it happen around the country, in Minneapolis and Kansas City and Boston. And uh, what we want to do to just kind of close out the meeting here this morning is we want to say a prayer for you guys as you go on this journey. Um, next Sunday, uh, we've got a really great Sunday planned. Where we're actually going to talk about some of the things Connect does globally. So we're, uh, we're going to talk about some of the impacts we've had. We've actually been able to help start churches outside of the United States as well. And uh, some exciting things that God's doing through that. So next week, we're going to talk about that. And then come ready next week. Next week, I want to do something where um, any of you that feel led to say, I want to, I want to partner with these guys. I want to help these guys. We're going to take up a, an offering next week that's just for this, this purpose only, just for the, the idea of church planting to say, we want to help invest, whether it's here locally. We're going to kind of divide the funds both here and overseas. Uh, we'll continue to support you. So your offerings are already continuing to support them. But to say, hey, we want to help, you know, do some great things because we realize two things. Number one, we may, not be a, be, we may not have been here today were it not for people at Kansas City who invested in us. And we'd like to invest in the people in their communities who don't know it yet, but they're going to be 
members of your church sat here on a Sunday, leading small groups, dropping their kids off at kids' church, lives being changed and restored because of what God's doing through you. Super, super exciting. So, so why, don't we, um, why don't we just say a prayer here right now? Um, and then they'll be around. Maybe you've got a friend that lives in Boston or maybe an uncle that is moving to Kansas City or whatever it might be. Chat with these guys. Um, you can join their email lists where they'll send you out updates of what's going on. Uh, I know Colin and Liz have got some material uh, picture of their beautiful family you can put up on your fridge and be praying for them. So, um, so stop and visit with them uh, before, before you leave today. But why don't you join me? I'm going to pray. I'll come around here and uh, pray for all of you together. So Father God, we are just so excited that you've called us on this journey, Lord, of starting a, a brand new church here in Washington, Illinois. We've seen the fruits of what can happen, Lord, when uh, we step out in faith on this adventure and start this new church, knowing that we have no idea whether it will succeed or fail. But God, through your grace and mercy and wonderful hand upon us, Lord, we've seen some amazing things happen. Lord, if, if Connect ended today, Lord, and I, I know it won't, but if it did, I would still be thrilled at all that has taken place in the last four years. But I know, Lord, that we've just begun to scratch the surface, God. You've got so much in store for us here as a church. And one of those things is to now pour into other churches, to be a church that can help plant other churches across this country. How exciting, Lord, to put faces to names this morning, Lord, that we can, when we hear updates about um, these two churches in Kansas City and Boston, Lord, we'll, we'll remember this morning, we'll remember these guys set up on this stage, and it'll be exciting to hear the stories, to see the videos of what you're doing in these communities. So I pray for them, I pray for their families, for the, the new babies that are on the way, Lord, and I just pray, God, that you would be with them uh, as they begin their journey and as they're about to launch for the very first time here in, in seven weeks' time. Just, Father, let them know your hand upon them. Bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.